Director of Pioneer Missions and School of Missions with Kingdom Vision Global, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. To receive more updates from us, please do visit our website, kvglobal.org, or find us on our Instagram page, Global School of Missions. Today with us, we have Evangelist Tanson John, and he'll be sharing with us through the Book of Colossians. In today's podcast, we are going to continue our study on the Book of Colossians, Chapter 1. Before that, I just want to say thank you so much for your support to this channel and spreading the word to your friends. As we continue to study on today's topic, which is going to be on the divinity and the supremacy of Christ, I want you to take some notes down because I believe the Lord is about to minister to you on a very personal level. Now, you know, just to you know, go back uh, a bit so that I can give you a little bit of background as to what this book is all about and what this specifically what this chapter is all about. Paul the Apostle, we see that he writes a letter to the members of the church in Colossae. In fact, he was informed by his, one of his disciples who planted the church in Colossae that the church was finding it kind of difficult or they were kind of struggling. Some of them were struggling with the idea of Jesus being fully God and fully man at the same time. And Apostle Paul, you know, he steps in by writing the letter in which he introduces the right description of who God is, who Jesus Christ is, his prime purpose of his coming to the earth and his about his death and of his resurrection. So today we're going to do the third part series and i want us to go to the book of colossians chapter 1 and we are going to be reading from verse 15 to verse 18 now verse 15 says he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation i want to pause there before i get to the next verse and i want us to meditate on what i just read as the scripture says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now, a lot of people in this day and age have the struggle, you know, to understand Jesus being fully God and a fully man at the same time. Now here, the word image uh, refers to, in Greek, there are two words that come in Greek, one, it means the likeness. The other one, it means the manifestation. In this context, it means the manifestation is the full manifestation, pure and full manifestation of the invisible God that we can't see, that we can't feel, but we can know him through his son, Jesus Christ. For instance, if you take a look at in a picture of mine and my dad's, you would see a lot of my facial features reflect uh, my dad's features, right? But that doesn't mean I'm my dad. I could be his younger version of him, but I'm not, I'm not my dad, right? So in this context, it's not the likeness we're talking about. We're talking about the full manifestation of the invisible God. And the next sentence Paul uses is called the firstborn over all creation. Now in the fourth century sometime, there was this false teacher who arose by name 
Arius, and he started the the whole movement called Arianism, to to which to this day you have the teachings that's going all over the world that Jesus Christ is a created being. Now here the firstborn, for many people it might be confusing, thinking that a firstborn means uh, somebody who was created. Now that doesn't mean that, okay? So here the word firstborn, we need to understand its context. Otherwise, we're just going to step out of the context and we're going to find ourselves in error. Now, in this day and age, you and I were witnessing there's so much of false doctrines that are out there. So many are falling away from the, you know, away from the truth and grace of uh, the scripture. But we need to understand that the scripture must always interpret the scripture. Never take just one single verse and try to make a sermon out of that. Never do that. We should always let the scripture interpret the scripture, and that is the safest way to arrive to a conclusion. Now, the word firstborn here, it simply means of the highest quality or, or a leadership. It's not about who is the first in line uh, in terms of the birth, but it can be in terms of the higher ranking, right? Now, this particular verse that I just read about firstborn Arius, the false teacher, just, you know, he read this word firstborn and he made a whole doctrine out of it, spreading the false message, uh, the false teaching across the world, which to this day we see it everywhere in most places. That firstborn he thought was the God created, that Jesus Christ was not God, but he was a created being. So, but that is a wrong thing. It's a, it's, he got it wrong. We need to understand that. Now, if I would take a scripture from the book of Psalms, I'm just going to be doing a cross-reference for uh, for our study today. It's going to be from the book of Psalms, chapter 89, verse 27. And there, in the scripture, we read about David. In verse 27, it says, Also I will make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. Now, was David the firstborn in terms of the first line in, in the birth time? No, he was the seventh, right? And he was the youngest. Was he the first king of Israel? No. Saul was the first king of Israel. He was the second. So what was, what is God referring to here? He's talking about the ranking, saying, I will make him my highest ranking king. He talks about the honor talks about his leadership, talks about the quality. Now, when you read the verse from John chapter 3, 16, what does it say? It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The only, the, the firstborn he gave it to us. He gave us the best. That's what the gospel is all about. God gave us the best, his own Son that he did not hold back from, but he gave us gave him to us freely. Think about it. He gave Jesus to us freely that we might be saved, we might be rescued from our sin. Amen. And then let's go to the verse uh, chapter 16. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, 
and that are on earth visible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. In other words, Paul is saying that by him, all things came into being. All things came into a reality. So nothing that you see around you, it just came. In other words, to say, you know, we, we, we are very familiar with the whole teaching of evolution. And that's a very sad part today. We see so many kids that are growing up with this, you know, notion that nobody made us, you know, we are a cosmic accident. We just happen to come, happen to be there. You know, we have our ancestors, you know, so all kinds of stuff that are there. But Paul makes it very clear and probably possibly gives a very scientific explanation over here to some minds that kind of, you know, try to decipher the whole thing scientifically. But here Paul says, no, by him, all things were created. He, everything came through him. He is the very essence of life. He talks about the visible, the invisible talks about whether the thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. In other words, Jesus is in control of everything that he created. There's nothing that came just by like that. So Paul the Apostle here, you know, I kind of have feeling that he had a foresight of the kind of teaching that would come and ruin the church later on if they don't get to hear this right now because a lot of times we let the human philosophy get in the way we get a lot of human reasoning get in the way but we see here that paul establishes very clear truth that everything came through him everything came through jesus now again we continue to read all things were created through him and for him, we see here that Paul, in fact, just doesn't say that God just created something, but it says, for what reason did he create? He said he created for him. He could have easily said he created for God, but he said created for his son, Jesus. He created for his son. We were all created for him. God he made you and us as not as robots. He gave us free will so that we can love him so we can make the choice to be in fellowship with him isn't that amazing i sometimes think that you know if god is truly in control as we think he is or he should be then he should be controlling our choice as well he could have made us people that could love him back just automatically but that's not what he chose to do or that's not how the way he created us in fact he created us by giving us our own personal freedom, right, to choose to worship him, to bless him, to love him. And so God will never control that choice of yours. We have to understand that we are all made for him. And for his glory we were created, for, for the fellowship we were created. You see, most of the religion today, will never give you a definite answer as to why we were created. I would say 99.9% .9 of religion out there would, would only tell you that we are just 
you know, sojourners or we were just journeying in this earth, but without any purpose. But Christianity is very clear as to why we were created. We were not, you know, um, wasteful beings on earth. We were not an accident of, of, a, a, of an impact or a collision. No, we were created for his glory, for his pleasure, for his purpose. That's what we were created for. And then Paul goes on to say in verse 17, for he is before all things in him, all things consist. In other words, he holds all things together. There are two things Paul establishes. One is he's before all things. You see, Jesus was not a created being. He always was in existing. In other words, he is the existence. He himself is the existence. He is before all things. In other words, he is the beginning. And I'm, I'm sure you must have heard people ask questions like, does God exist? And how stupid is that question? God does not, you know, just exist. He's the existence himself. And the second uh, type of questions that I've heard, uh, I would say another type of question is that, you know, where does God live? You know, that he lives in eternity. In fact, that is the, that's the partial truth, but the, but the real truth and the bigger truth is that God himself is the eternity. He himself, the eternity is in God. God is not in the eternity. He, eternity is in God. So Paul is not trying, Paul is trying to say, no, he's not a created being. He's always been existent. You see, as we, when we are on the earth, everything runs by time. Everything we evaluate, everything we judge, everything we examine is based on time and space. That's why our thinking does not match. And this verse, and I want you to really think about this scripture here. It says he is before all things. It doesn't say that he is in the beginning, but he is the beginning. He is the very essence of time. He is himself the eternity. He holds the eternity in one sense. And Jesus, in fact, talks about that in a few times in the Gospels. We read it, uh, you know, let's go to the book of John, chapter 1. It says, John writes it to the, you know, in, in his Gospel, and he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was God. So uh, John clearly establishes that Jesus is not a created being. In fact, he is the Word, and he was with God, and that he is God. It's very clear, very clear here. And we go read John's Gospel again from chapter 8 to 58, and this is where, in fact, Jesus said to them, meaning the Jews, Moses, shortly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now the word I am is in the capitals over here. It's literally Jesus said to, to, to Abraham, I am with you. I am your great reward. In fact, when Moses went to, uh, before he left to the Egypt, he said, you know, who will go for us? And then God replied, I am. So the word I am there is a representation of who 
about our Jesus is. Jesus is that I am. He always existed. And for some people that think, oh, where is written in the Bible that Jesus declared himself or he revealed himself or he taught that he was God? If you clearly study from the point of uh, the scripture here, what I just gave from John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus clearly establishes his identity to the public. And it says, I am God. And not only that, if you read the book of John chapter 5, I believe it's in verse 18, where it talks about how the people were going to stone him because he was claiming to be God. Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, that I am the truth and the way and life. He didn't say, I know the truth, I know the way, or I'll, I'll help you find the life. No, he didn't say that. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am life. So Jesus spoke many a times about his divinity. Right? So a lot of people have questions as to why didn't Jesus clearly tell that he was God? No, if you really study the scriptures and John, especially in the in the Gospel of John, you will find that Jesus oftentimes speaks about who really he is. Going forward, we're gonna read um the next one it says, in him all things consist. In other words, in him, you know, everything is contained or is or, or is sustained. I would use the word here. In other translation, it says, you know, he holds everything together. He sustains everything together. Now, if you think about the in our modern day, we see there's so many countries that have you know, that, that are kind of posing threat to, you know, different countries that they are not in friendship with or they don't, they're not their allies. They're basically trying to, you know, bring down another nation because they try to show their, their power through their nu nuclear weapons and other weapons that they possess. Now think about it. If any of these countries for some reason decide to shoot that a missile or blow up the nuclear, you probably would, you know, wouldn't be alive, I guess, right? So you know, the whole, sometimes the whole nation would have, you know, can just suffer the consequence of just a one nation's decision to blow the bomb. Or think about, you know, every single day there are meteors and asteroids that are passing through, passing by the earth. And some of the asteroids are told to be as big as three football stadiums. Think about just one, it just takes one asteroid to cause such big collision that millions uh, probably billion lives would be lost. And we don't see it. Why? Because it is God who holds everything together. So if he can do that, think about our life. Think about how much God can hold our life in our hands. Think about he holds our future. And you may be worried about, you know, my job. What about if I, if I lose my job? What if I lose my home? What if I lose my life? What if I lose my this and that? And and we have the fear that's sort of running our lives. But think about this verse here. He holds everything together. Jesus is right now holding everything together. He's the one who holds your future. He's the one who holds your marriage. He's the one who holds your family together. He's the one who holds everything for you. So you don't really have to give in to fear. Our God is not weak. He is strong. So let's not give ourselves into insecurities of this life and have this perfect image of who father is amen and the next we read verse 18 
and this is going to be our last verse for the day before we leave. And it says, for he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. As we first read about firstborn, speaks about preeminence, his preeminence, speaks about the higher ranking, speaks about uh, the quality, speaks about leadership, and that's what the firstborn here refers to. But now... Uh, that was the verse that we just read in verse 15. But in verse 18, we see the firstborn here speaks about firstborn from, from the dead. In other words, you know, there were other resurrections that took place before Jesus, right? Uh, we see that in the Old Testament where Elijah resurrected a dead boy. We also see that Lazarus was raised from the dead. And, um, and in Elisha, bone touched a dead body and he got rose from the dead. Now all these resurrections kind of reflects our, you know, what our eternal resurrection looks like in one sense. But all the, the earthly resurrections that took place, they all died again. But this resurrection is very unique and different. And so it speaks about how the firstborn from the dead is about the Jesus rose from the grave. That's the bodily resurrection where we are going to have the glorified body and speaks about the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the supremacy, he may have the preeminence. Amen? Jesus is our leader. He's our amazing leader. He's the one who is the head of the body, the Bible says. He's the head of the head represents the government. He's the head of the church. And if you take a look at most countries today, how they're doing during the time of COVID and coronavirus, specifically ruining a lot of businesses, economy going down. And some of the countries have done a great job in helping you know, their own country, their own people, their own businesses of their land not just to survive, but to thrive by, you know, lending them some support during this crisis time. And think about the kind of government that are, is about us, the government of Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Think about his government that we are under right now and how we are well taken care of. We're taken good care of. God takes care of us. That's what it means here. He's the head of the body, which means he is our healer. He is our provider. He is our protector. He is our shelter. Amen. He's our everything. And then he goes on to say the church as the body of Christ, who is the beginning, who is the beginning. As we just read, he's, he doesn't just exist. He is the existence. He is the beginning. Time lives in him. Eternity lives in him. He doesn't live in, God doesn't live in eternity. Eternity lives in him. Amen. I hope today's teaching inspired you to get more deeper in a relationship with Jesus. And my prayers that you will walk with Jesus every day and that you will reflect his nature around. Thank you for tuning into today's podcast. 
If you have any questions to ask, please feel free to put it on the comment. Spread the word about this podcast. Also, would like to invite you to join our Global Discipleship School group on Facebook. It's Global Discipleship School group on Facebook. Join the group where we are going to be doing study on every Wednesdays and Fridays. And we pick a book in the Bible and we do a study on them. And I really hope to connect with you and see you in our Facebook group. Have a wonderful day. See you next time. Bye-bye.